Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Home and home. We continue our all 32 look at all 32 NFL teams and their burning questions. We've been in the NFC East all week, and we continue today with the team that has to be the most intriguing team in the division. Sorry to you, Eagles fans, the Dallas Cowboys. A bewildering football team at 8 and 8. When I believe that is a Super Bowl type of roster, let's take a look back with our Radio.com Red Zone at the highs and the lows and the many question marks of the 2019 Cowboys. Right now, we're in the midst, gentlemen, of Zeke Watch 2019. He's late. Uh, we have officially reported, and uh, so he's a non-report officially. Is Dak going to throw bombs down the field this year? How's this offense going to look? How's this offense going to look with Kellen Moore? All right, we have breaking news. The saga is finally over on the home of America's team. Good morning, Metroplex. Zeke Elliott extension. It came out as a six-year, $90 million extension. That, to me, is fantastic. I feel really good about Zeke uh, being in his prime for three or four more years or still being a fantastic player. Are the Cowboys good? Now they are at five and three. They've been really good against some opponents, but not really good against anybody of uh, great measure. This is this is the kind of question that I usually hate because it's so, like, simplistic. But the fact that I still, to this moment, can't answer it, I've been thinking about this for, like, the last 48 hours, and I want to say yes? Mike Fisher, his tweet, I'm told entire Cowboys coaching staff has been fired, and he tweeted out. We're told a member of the staff texted a person close to him, said we're fired. The response was, all of you, question mark, and the response was yes. Then two minutes ago, he tweeted out, member inside the Cowboys organization says that this is not the case yet. It may be the case soon, but it is not officially transpired yet. We weren't consistent enough. We weren't consistent enough throughout the year from game to game. We weren't consistent enough within games. Uh, we didn't do... Uh, the things that winning football teams do. Coach, what do you expect to happen next with your own future? I don't know. Don't know. We're going to go in this morning and uh, and, w- and we'll have a good visit and we'll see what's we'll see what's next. All right, it may have finally happened. Last night, Ed Werner's tweet: The Cowboys are moving on without Jason Garrett. 
Mike McCarthy era is beginning as he has been announced as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. That is the biggest news of the day right there. And if you're just now getting into your car for the first time today, you're learning this and you're going, oh, my God, what's happening here? Next year, would you be more worried about the Cowboys offense without Amari or the Cowboys defense without Byron? Radio.com Red Zone looks back at the 2019 Cowboys. A strange season, 8-8, eight and 3-7 eight, and seven out of the division. They lost 4-6 and six down the stretch, 4 of 6, including that devastating L to the Philadelphia Eagles, 17-9. to nine. What lies in store for their future? Let's talk about it with Corey Majors, 105.3 The Fan in Dallas as we continue our All-32. Corey, happy Friday, brother. Man, it's awfully dark where you are. You got any light in there, buddy? Nah, I don't have any lighting in I, here. I got something out. I think I think it I think it suits. I honestly think it's very <laughs> fitting, considering where the Cowboys are right now, with Dak oh. and Amari and Byron Jones all being free agents. I like it. I I think you should be at a funeral. You know the organization, okay? The organization, Corey, that for years was overly aggressive, was spending uh, spending money and contracts and giving guys deals, now had four key players going into the last year of their deal. The only one that they rewarded was the guy that held out. By the way, good precedent, you're sitting there. And then also arguably at the least impactful position. Corey, what the hell is going on with the Cowboys having three top flight players all about to hit free agency and they're really only going to even be able to tag one if this CBA goes through yeah it, well and don't forget they also um they also signed tank last year so adding that money to it you know that was two people that they said all right we're going to commit this money now uh, and we'll look at the future. And then they added Jalen Smith to it as well. So they added $19 million there, which last year it didn't even look very well spent. Now, a lot of people try to figure out where's the blame? Where should that be? Should it be on uh, the defensive tackles for not doing their job up front? Or was it on Jalen Smith? Or Leighton Vander Esch wasn't looking very good. And then he got injured. And now it was all on Jalen and Sean Lee. And could that have held up? But uh, so last year was just, it was a very, very weird year and going into this offseason with these contracts they have about 73 million dollars i believe to work with but if you do a franchise tag for dak which i mean the cowboys want to use it they're like yeah it's one of our tools that we can use if it's still in the cba let's go ahead and use the franchise tag and i think they should will dak play under the franchise tag that's a big question mark uh, you hear some whispers that Jerry wants to make a splash in the draft. So if they franchise him, will and then he says, I'm not going to I don't want to play under it. I'm going to hold out. Will the Cowboys use the number 17 pick or maybe even a couple picks to take a quarterback just to be just to be sure? Uh, I mean, I, I obviously think their backup situation is is bad anyway. So they probably should spend some thought figuring out what they want to do there. But, uh, but I mean, you hear Tua last night say that if he had his choice, he'd play for the Cowboys. So, obviously, Jerry loves a big spicy story whenever he gets that opportunity to do it. But you got $40 million maybe, potentially. I don't know, $37, $33 million. You got to figure out what the number is that you want to do 
with Dak Prescott. So you got to figure out how much of that pie is going to be gone this year with that cap. And then if you spend 20 million, 19 million, that his Amari Cooper's number is around 19 million dollars. That's his market value, but I mean everybody knows that wide receivers want more. They want more all the time. So will it be about 19 million and all right, so now you've spent uh, 50 million dollars of your 20 million dollars. What do you have left over uh, to add Byron Jones? Is he a 15 million dollar cornerback? Is that what he's going to want? Will the Eagles make the, hey, we want Byron Jones, we want to steal him from you? Or will they try and steal Amari Cooper from the Cowboys? I think they have lots of options with the draft and free agency, but they have so many holes to fill. I mean, it's like 23 players they got to fill uh, in free agency on the offensive, defensive side, mostly the defensive side. And they still haven't, I mean, they have to address the weaknesses at defensive tackle and their weaknesses in the secondary already which includes their safety position and losing Byron Jones would hurt that much more. Sorry. So Corey, there's a lot there. All right. Let's start <laughs> with the Dak Prescott part of it. You would you and Cowboy nation prefer to have him on the franchise tag and let's make him prove it one more year. Or would you rather get him locked up at, let's just say 37 million a year and know that Dak's your guy for the next five? Um, well, last year he had, you know, it was kind of a prove-it year last year. They, they told him, go out there and prove it. And he got the yards, but they didn't get the playoffs. So what did they really prove? So they said, all right, we're going to scrap the project, and we're going to reboot it with a new coaching staff. Uh, so for me, with the new coaching staff, and I'm, I'm convinced that the job was not gotten by Mike McCarthy, unless he told the Cowboys, I can win with this quarterback. So I'm convinced that he, his part of his pitch was, I can win with Dak Prescott. So if there, if he, if he did say that, then man, you just go ahead and sign the guy and you move on for the next five years and say, that's how it's going to work. But if that, if that's not the case, then I think that the, they need to go in a different, a different direction. Ask him to play for the franchise tag. I would prefer that he plays for the franchise tag and he actually plays through with it while also drafting a quarterback at the same time to look at the future. I think Dak's a fantastic leader. I think he's phenomenal at what he does on the field too. But there are some concerns at times about some of his decision-making and some of his accuracy and throws. Sorry. Then, Corey, let's get to Byron Jones and Amari Cooper. Who's your priority out of those two? Oh, that's tough uh, because of what you can do with uh, with the draft. All right. So if you don't take uh, a quarterback in the first in the first round, let's say you don't take uh, uh, is, Herbert might not be there, but let's say loves what there uh, from Utah State. Well, if one of those guys is there, because uh, you, you might have a CeeDee Lamb, you might have a Judy, you might have a Ruggs, some of the, one of those wide receivers could be a very good cheap option in the future for you. So I really like the possibility of saying, Michael Gallup, you were a 1,000-yard receiver last year. Uh, you know We're going to go ahead and make you the number one, because he was a 1B receiver last year for this team. Uh, and if he's in his third season, can he take that next step to being an elite receiver? I'd, I'd hate to have to try to find it out, but man, if you can add another receiver in the first round in a CeeDee Lamb or a Judy, 
that would be phenomenal. And I think I'd feel really comfortable with that. I think Byron Jones is is great, is great in coverage. And I would hate to have to be the the guy that has to uh, to throw his direction all the time or make the decision. Well, I guess I can't throw his direction today. But, you know, Troy Aikman uh, once told uh, once told people, hey, uh, it's not the it's not the guy that's good in coverage that I'm worried about. It's the guy that can intercept the ball. He was like, I can throw in completions all day long, but I don't want to throw an interception. And quite honestly, Byron doesn't do the interception game very well. Most of the, the reasoning is that that's the way that he was coached, uh, coached to, to play the receiver, not coached to play the ball. And uh, but uh, we'll see if that changes with uh, with Harris now as their new defensive backs coach. Well, nothing is more fascinating than quarterback discussion and some wild theories thrown out there. Corey Majors, us 105.3, the fan in Dallas. And Jerry Jones loves some offseason intrigue. Tua Tugavailoa added to that big time, exponentially with the NFL Network. Listen to what he said is his ideal landing spot of the NFL. You know, we've talked uh, about teams, we've talked to teams, somebody might trade up and you could possibly drop or you could possibly go higher. We've been talking about all those scenarios. Is there any team you're looking at like, man, I'd be good in that system or that system? If you're saying to me, if I could choose what team I want to play on, as far as my favorite team growing up, that I'd probably tell you the Cowboys. But, I mean, they're so far down. Bump Dak Prescott. No, no, I'm not trying to bump them. I'll, I'll learn under them. Corey, don't tell me for a second that Jerry Jones didn't love hear Tua saying that his ideal spot is with the Dallas Cowboys. Obviously, they don't have what it takes to move up to get Tua. But give me a wild thing that could happen this offseason with the direction of the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, man, that would be that would be an awesome scenario. Well, if you think Tua could stay healthy, one of the things that I think a lot of Cowboys fans take for granted whenever we have the Carson Wentz-Dak Prescott debate is Dak's been there for every game. Even if that Philadelphia game, he had a bum shoulder and it was he wasn't very good, he's been relatively healthy his entire career. Tua has not been that healthy. Also, you know, Tua's been playing with uh, he's been playing with some uh, some very interesting uh, receivers, the best offensive line in the country, the best defense in the country. So, I mean, how much can you grade what Tua can be when everything's been perfect around him? Uh, but Jerry Jones loves something like that. When he hears uh, you know a top a top quarterback say something like that, I mean, just remember what Manziel's situation was. Uh, Stephen Jones had to wrestle the wrestle the card out of his hand because Jerry wanted to turn that in. Uh, something that I'm I'm kind of keeping an eye on that might be really interesting for this offseason is I'm trying to keep an eye on Jadavion Clowney. I know he wants to break the bank, but for the Cowboys, this is this is their opportunity to say, okay, where can we allot the best money? And I'm keeping an eye on if that if something wild was to happen. It would be to add Jadavion Clowney. I was a huge, a huge fan of him and his work ethic coming out of college because I felt like that was a, uh, you know, that those were things that I was like, man, I really want to see a guy in his in his next season continue to be great. But I understood the business decision he had. His career so far hasn't been what I've wanted to see. But if you can add pressure and keep Robert Quinn, add Clowney, uh, or add some sort of presence on that defensive line. This defensive unit needed that the most last year. So I really I would love to see something like that happen this offseason. But that's a lot of money to spend on another defensive end. 
Yeah, uh, Corey, I don't see that happening. That would surprise me, but I guess I guess you never know. Uh, I'm curious. We're about a month in here with Mike McCarthy as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Is there a buzz? Is there excitement? Are people excited about it? Uh, not at all or kind of in the middle? Well, last year it was the big question mark was Kellen Moore, right? Like, how's the how are the Cowboys' offense going to change? How's Dak Prescott going to respond with Kellen Moore as his as his offensive coordinator? And what new things can they do? And I think there were moments last year you saw, oh wow, there is some interesting, different stuff, especially with the motion and the the the, the RPOs. You know, all the stuff that they were doing there. It got really interesting, and then it kind of settled back into, oh, this looks like a Jason Garrett offense all over again. So I think everybody's very excited, but there are a lot of question marks. Obviously, is the quarterback going to be there? He's been relatively quiet. He's kind of buried himself uh, in the at the star and said, I'm going to spend a lot of time focusing on, A, what a Cowboys player should look like, the physical build, their type of speed, what they really what they really like most, because obviously you got to get your scouting department to speed on what your coaches want and what your coaches accept. I heard Al Harris the other day say, hey, just get the guys in the room and I'll take care of the rest from there. I love that. But Mike McCarthy's been very adamant of I I want to build the 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 system around the player, not the players into the system. So I think I, I think there's a lot of excitement because A, he has the skins on the wall. And, and B, it's a new something fresh that's not Jason Garrett. And a lot of people around here for 10 years of mediocrity with Jason Garrett, they just got a, got tired of it. All right, so, Corey, last question. We'll get you out of here. Every day here on Home and Home, we do an Ask Reddit question, and they're awesome. Today's question is, what do you do that is like an older person? Like, for me, it was naps or the fact that I, you know, eat dinner at 4.30 sometimes. Like, what do you do in your life that is makes you feel old or is like what old people do? I, I never did this as a kid, uh, but I have, a, I have coffee every morning now. I, I, whenever I was younger, when I was in my 20s, never had coffee. I was like, whatever, give me a, a monster or a Red Bull or you know, five hour energy. I'd rather have a, a five hour energy than anything. Uh, but as, as I've had three kids, um, I got there and they, you know, I already was taking naps whenever I started having kids cause you have to, but it is, it is a coffee every morning. And I just remember my grandfather and my dad, they always had their cup of coffee and they were always rolling along with that. So I feel like coffee is an old person thing. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Corey, really appreciate the time. Corey Majors does an unbelievable job for 105.3 down there in Dallas, part of the Radio.com family. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you, guys. Have a great one. There he is, Corey Majors from 105.3, the fan in Dallas. Dave Briggs and I are going to talk about those Cowboys a little bit. Then there's a lot of other topics we want to dive into is the grass always greener and what is Dave Ortiz talking about? We'll discuss when we return here to Home and Home, a radio.com sports original.
All right, we're back on a Friday home and home as we wrap up our all 32 look at all 32 NFL teams and their offseason plans. Are they on the incline or decline? And this week it's been all NFC East. Just spoke with Corey Majors, 105.3 The Fan in Dallas about where that team is headed after that bizarre 8-8 eight and eight season in which they were hard to figure out offensively, hard to figure out defensively. Who exactly is that Dallas Cowboys team? Just look at them down the stretch. I mean, 44 points, then 9 points, then 47 points. It was hard to figure out just what the identity of Dallas is and in what direction they're headed. I love the hire, Ross, of Mike McCarthy. And that's why I, with my bold offseason prediction, say that the Dallas Cowboys win the NFC East in part because of a pattern. They won it in 14, 16, and 18. The following seasons after that, they missed the postseason. It's back to 2020. They win the division. And in fact, they represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. I know. I've been drinking, right? Wow. Yeah, I think you have been. I mean, I don't know how you say that now, especially with Amari Cooper and Byron Jones looking like they're going to hit free agency and very possibly neither one of them be back if the Cowboys don't get a deal done with Dak Prescott that allows them to franchise tag one of those other two guys. I don't know how you say that right now. I was actually going to comment that I don't feel as good about the Dallas Cowboys right now. And it's really bizarre to me, and we talked about this with Corey, but, you know, Jerry Jones was always known as kind of a wheeling and dealing, free spender, willing to pay any anything it takes to try to win a championship. And, hey, I respected that. I thought at times that there were some poor deals. Roy Williams, the receiver, comes to mind for sure. Some poor deals that he did. Under Stephen Jones, they've been more conservative, which I respect, but they are really messed up with Cooper Jones and Dak Prescott. I mean, they could have gotten all of these guys for significantly less money a year or two ago. I mean, Amari Cooper, you got to get him signed to a deal when you make that trade for the first round pick. Dak Prescott, you, you don't let a guy, a quarterback, go into the last year of his deal like that. Okay, now you put the franchise tag on him? Wow, then he's really got you the year after that. Byron Jones is their best corner. You couldn't get a deal done with him? And out of all of the people you pay, you paid a running back? And I love Zeke. I think he's fantastic. But you paid a running back? Who, number one, doesn't have as much to say about wins and losses. And number two... Yeah. Ask Arizona how that went with David Johnson or ask the Rams how it went with Todd Gurley or the Falcons and Devontae Freeman. There's a graveyard of guys that got big contracts that haven't been able to live up to them at the running back position. Maybe just ask the Jets about Le'Veon Bell. Right. What I want to ask you about is what you made of Emmett Smith's suggestion earlier this week that Dak Prescott should give the Cowboys some of some hometown love and a bit of a Dallas discount, if you will. Now, he was hammered by current and former players, by media types like us. I will say this. 
it's not my position to tell a guy when he should give a team a hometown discount per se and not do what's best for his family. But I will say this about what Emmett's suggestion was, Ross. If I'm Dak Prescott and I'm weighing, let's just throw out some numbers, $30 million a year with Dallas, $33 million a year someplace else. I think it is actually worth more money to stay in Dallas with the star, with all the things they have available to them in Dallas, with that organization, with the community, with a rabid fan base. Again, I'm not suggesting he should not do what's best for he and his family. I'm just saying this. I think $35 million uh, in Miami, well, not Miami because he got the, the state tax factor. I think you should consider all things in terms of the whole financial picture with Dallas and not just a straight dollar amount. So I think there is some truth to what Emmett is saying. Do you? Uh, yeah, I would agree with that, Dave. Now, I don't think and I would never suggest a guy should take less for the good of the team. I think that's comical. There are ways to structure contracts that you don't need to do that or worry about that. I do think there's absolutely a lot of value to being the Cowboys quarterback. I think Dak Prescott realizes that. He's not going to come out publicly and say he realizes that or that he's willing to take a little less to be there. But he knows the deal. But he's not going to let them know that he knows the deal. They've said a number of times that that's the deal. But guess what? This is one of the rare instances where the player has the leverage over the team. And you're right. If it's the difference between $35 million in Dallas and $36 million with the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think he should absolutely stay with the Dallas Cowboys. And I think he probably will. And I understand where Emmett was coming from. I didn't think that Emmett, you know, probably not the right person, given that Emmett held out and missed games for his team, to be saying that publicly. And got paid. And got paid a lot of money. But there is a kernel of truth into what Emmett Smith is saying. But, of course, no one gave him the benefit of the doubt. We shall see. That's obviously the number one burning question of the offseason of the Dallas Cowboys, including the head coach and was Mike McCarthy the right hire. As we wrap up the division, uh, obviously you don't love my Cowboys to the Super Bowl pick. Who wins the division and why? I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles because they won the division last year despite the fact that the entire team got hurt. That's a pretty good sign. That's a pretty good place to start. And I've got a lot of faith in their quarterback now and their head coach. Love their offensive line, tight ends. And frankly, I have more faith in them and what's going to happen over the next couple of months than I do for the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, the Eagles might get Byron Jones from the Cowboys. So I'll say the Eagles, they're clearly the two teams. Wouldn't be shocked if the Cowboys won the division at all. But if I had to pick, I'll go with the Birds. You'll go with the Birds. I'll go with the Cowboys. A lot can change between now and the start of the regular season, even the start of uh, free agency. So much can change for the Dallas Cowboys, of course, with Amari Cooper, Dak Prescott, and Byron Jones. They got a lot of question marks there. Hey, everybody. It's Ross Tucker. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home Podcast. Remember, 
You can watch or listen live every day from 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time exclusively on the Radio.com app or on the web at Radio.com slash home. Home and Home. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 